Thanks for joining us online today. We are really glad you're here. Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And if you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. And if we can help you in any way through prayer or support, we want to encourage you to use the links that are in the description. Thanks for joining us, and we pray this message both encourages and inspires you. If you have a Bible, let's go to um, 1 Kings. We're going to be in the book of 1 Kings, chapter 18. Our word this year that we talked about a couple weeks ago is fresh fire. And when we talk about fresh fire, the, the fire is not just for us. And we're going to talk about that here in a couple of weeks. But this word fresh fire that God um, gave to me last year, actually, and it's just been percolating in me and brewing in me and uh, just felt that God said, you know what I want is I want to pour out the fresh fire of my spirit upon my people. I want people to experience me in a new way. I want them to have a move of my spirit in my church and with my people, not individually, but collectively as the body of Christ. This is why we gather. So we're kicking off a series today. We were supposed to do it last week, and um, God interrupted it last week, and we, we talked about something. Boy, last week was that just crazy? Like those of you that were here, I have never in uh, 15 years of being a lead pastor, never just had to sit in the presence of God and that was um, beautiful, much, much needed. Man, I needed that and I hope it was refreshing to your spirit as well. So today we're gonna start this series called uh, Fresh Fire. How do we experience God's fresh fire? How do we experience the power of the Holy Spirit in our in our lives. Uh, I told you about this book here that went on Vision Day. I told you about a book called Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire. Probably my all-time favorite book of all the books I've ever read in my life. This was the one that had the greatest impact on my life. Um, I actually read this when I wasn't a pastor. I was like you, just sitting in the seats, and I was a, uh, doing a morning show here in Tulsa on the radio and I got a hold of this book and it just radically shifted my life and I just saw God come alive in my life and so we got copies of this book it's out there out there in the lobby I think they're like 14 15 dollars um, but they're out there on your way out if you want to pick up a copy of that book and if it'll help you please take that with you um, but this this series is really about our our core practice of continual surrender because it's really a series about surrendering our lives fully to the work of the Holy Spirit. So let's go to uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. 1 Kings chapter 18. If you're new to the scriptures and you don't have a copy of the scriptures, uh, Version, Bible Hub, two great apps. It's on Version that you'll find um, our weekly uh, devotional that we have that goes right along with the message. And this particular passage of scripture, so if you're new to the scriptures, kind of let me bring you up to speed. Some of you, if you were like, when those of you I say who were born and raised in the church, you, you remember this from a felt board, okay? Like, you remember way back in preschool class, like they would uh, get uh, Elijah on the felt board and the fire, and so the story is the nation of Israel um, supposed to be following God, but they've abandoned God, and they've abandoned worship, and they're, they're now actually following false gods, they completely abandoned God. Elijah is one of the only prophets left, 
he's frustrated as that happens to prophets. He got frustrated and he said, all right, we're just gonna, we're just gonna determine who the real God is. So he said, we're gonna have this showdown on Mount Carmel. He said, all right, bring all the prophets of Baal. You guys all show up. I'm gonna show up. We're gonna build two altars and then we're gonna pray. And whichever God is God, fire's gonna fall. And we'll know that that's the, the real God. And so they, they gather for this big showdown on Mount Carmel, and, and the prophets of Baal go first. And some of you know the story. I mean, they, they shout, and they scream, and they dance around. They pray for hours and hours. They get so desperate at one point, they start cutting themselves, trying somehow to sway the gods. And the scripture says there was no reply. There was no response. And then we come to... Elijah's turn. Go to verse 30 of chapter 18. I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. Then Elijah called to the people, come over here. They all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. He, he took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel. He used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold about three gallons. He piled wood on the altar, cut the bull into pieces, and laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, hey, go ahead and fill four water, large jars with water and, and pour the water over the offering and on the wood. And after they had done this, he said, you know what? Do it again. And when they were finished, he said, do it a third time. So they did it, and the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench. At the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me. Answer me so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God and that you have brought them back to yourself. And it says, immediately the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, the dust, even licked up the water in the trench. And when all the people saw it, this is our proper response, by the way, in the presence of God, they fell face down on the ground and they cried out, the Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Today, I wanna talk to you about one of the first parts of Fresh Fire and that is to be consecrated for fire. What does it mean to be consecrated for fire? Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for your presence that's already here. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for already teaching us, showing us the way in which to walk, the way in which to live. Just ask God right now to center you, to focus you, because he does want to speak to you, but he's got to have your attention. So do whatever you gotta do to let God have your attention today. Father, be glorified through the teaching of your word today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. All right, you may be seated. We, we all have things that we are uh, committed to. I mean, you're all in. Like, there's no way that you are gonna switch allegiance, okay, even if it's tested. That's especially true right now if you are a football fan, right? I mean, this is just that time of year, Dallas Cowboy fans. Yeah, wow. Man, 
I, I don't know how you do it, Dallas Cowboy fans. Arturo, I don't know how you do it, my friend. Um, I, I, I equate it to like, you know, getting proposed to and, and you get excited about the wedding day and then like three or four weeks out from the wedding, they go, hey, uh, about that, could we wait another year? Uh-huh, uh-huh, sure, I love you. I'll wait another year and I'll wait a year after that and I'll wait a year. It's like literally being left at the altar. Allegiance runs deep, though. Even, I mean, come on, in this part of the country, O-U-O-S-U. I mean, it's deep here, right? Whether your coach loses a bowl game or loses his mullet, you are all in. I don't care. I am a, I am a, a fan. And, and maybe it's not sports for you. Maybe it's your phone. You are, your allegiance is Android or your allegiance is iPhone. Man, iPhone people, they're crazy. I mean, if you have an Android, I feel for you getting into a group chat with iPhone users. They do not like you because you are just jacking up their group text. iPhone users look down, they're like, why is there green on my phone? There should be no green on my phone. Speaking of colors, how about red and blue? We're coming into that political season. Ooh, yeah, hallelujah. Be excited about, I'm purple, that's what I am. I'm in the middle, I'm kind of undecided. You need to make a decision, okay? Because we need to know whether we need to accept you or reject you. That's what we need to know right now. <laughs> that's terrible, but that, that's a sermon, by the way, for another day. And I'm preaching that, but it's coming. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna save you that for, for a, a little while. I mean, or there's the, uh, I mean, that, I don't know what's going on right now, but there's the, um, there's the meat-based people and the plant-based people and their, their eating patterns. Like, you know, I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, I just don't get why you eat grass. I'm going to eat the cow that eats the grass. That's, amen? That's what I'm going to do. But allegiance, depending, doesn't matter what it is, there's things that you are fully dedicated to and you will not switch your allegiance. So let me ask you this. When it comes to your relationship with God, where does your allegiance lie. James, the, the brother of Jesus, before Jesus died, his allegiance wasn't to Jesus. He was not on Team Jesus. Uh, he, he doubted his brother. And then Jesus died, was resurrected, and James goes from not just being on Team Jesus and being uh, his allegiance being with his brother, his allegiance now is fully to his Savior. In fact, he writes a letter talking all about that allegiance. And in that letter, he says this, when, when your loyalty is divided between God and the world, you are unstable in everything that you do. When he, when he uses this, this term, divided loyalty, this idea of having divided loyalty, it literally means in the Greek to have two souls, Do you have two souls? Are, are you looking to God, but, but, but living for the world? That's, that's two souls. And, and allegiance to God, allegiance to God is all about being fully consecrated to God. Now, I realize that word consecrated, kind of a big word, kind of a church word. For some of you, you may like, I don't even know what that word even means. The word consecrated, I talked about it a couple weeks ago during our, our vision day. And it simply means this. It just means to be fully surrendered to the Holy Spirit. 
Fully surrendered to God. It means to be set apart from the things of this world. It means I'm going to live fully devoted in service and worship and loyalty and devotion to God alone. That's what God asks for, no less than that. He wants us fully consecrated to him. A couple weeks ago, I told you this, and I'd like for you to write it down again, and this is this. If you want fresh fire, if you want fresh fire, you gotta be consecrated for fire. If if I want to have fresh fire in 2024, the only way I'm gonna see it happen in my life is if I am fully consecrated to God. Only when I am set apart for him. Only when I stop dipping into the world and I come over to God. Israel's allegiance in this story, we see it has shifted from God all the way. Not there. What's crazy about the Israelites is it's not that they've stopped worshiping God. They've gone all the way to the extreme of now they're worshiping false gods. That's how far it has gone for them. And so as we said just a moment ago, the, the prophet Elijah comes up and, and he has this showdown on Mount Carmel. And he says, all right, let's gather together. And the prophets of Baal go first. And they, they dance and they sing and they shout. And the scripture says there was no reply. There was no response. And then in verse 30, let's go back to verse 30. Then Elijah called to the people, say this with me, come over here. Pause. Let that sit. Elijah says, come over here. What does that mean? It means that the people of God are standing with the prophets of Baal. Like the showdown is happening. They're not spectators watching the whole thing go down. They're not over here standing with Elijah. They're over here with the prophets of Baal waiting for the fire to fall. And here's Elijah all by himself. Are you willing to stand alone? When everybody else is over here, are you willing to say, I'm not going to partake in that. That's not going to be my life. I know the people in my core group, that's what they do. I'm not doing that. I know people in, at church, I know they're doing, I'm not doing that. I, that's not the life I've chosen. I'm gonna stand with God. They're, they're not worshiping God at all. Their, their allegiance, which at one point had been to worshiping God, has shifted all the way over and now they are worshiping a false God. So much so, as we read just a moment ago in verse 30, that the the altar of the Lord had been torn down. So not only have they neglected worship, not only are they worshiping other gods, but the, the very thing that they are using for worship has been neglected, they've turned away from God, and the altar of God is laying in ruins. I think many Christians have allowed their allegiance to God to shift and to drift to other things. Where where they were once standing with God, their allegiance has drifted and now they're standing with the world 
and they don't even know it. This is the great angst of my soul as a pastor right now. I watch as people who were once so fully devoted to God, understanding the principles and practices and the joys of worshiping the Lord, and now suddenly they're over here, and they're in the world, and they're about the world, and they're of the world, and they are nothing about God. It's the altar's been torn down in their life, but, but they don't even see it. They don't even know it's happening. Israel had been lured away. Lured away by fake gods. I think that's what's happened to so many people. They, they've allowed false promises and the enticements of the world to lure them away. Hey, if you'll go here, if you'll do this, if you'll spend your money on this, if you get involved in this, if you take this class, if you, if you get your kids in this, if you go and make this your priority, guess what, man? You're finally gonna figure it out. You're gonna get what you want in life. It's going to change everything. It's like, it seems like there's always something new coming out that's trying to grab your attention. Like, hey, if I got that, that would be cool. That'd be great. I don't, have you guys, there's a new thing out. It's called, have you heard of this cocoon swaddle blanket? Has anyone heard of this thing? This is all the rage right now. This is it right here. The cocoon swaddle blanket. 400,000 satisfied customers. No, no, 400,000 people have been duped is what has happened. I mean, I feel for these guys. Who, where did they get these guys? Can you imagine if you saw, hey, Bob, saw your ad the other day. Really? You're the cocoon guy? That's who you are? But this is all the rage. This is like people, oh, yeah, you want to sleep better? You, want, you know, if you're, you're dealing with stress, you're dealing with anxiety, dealing with worry. Come on. Isn't that what the world says? Isn't that what they tell us? Are you stressed? Are you worried? Are you struggling? You need the cocoon blanket. Before that, it was, um, anybody, what was, the, what was the one before that? It was Snuggie. Anybody remember the Snuggie? <laughs> anybody still got a Snuggie? Don't admit that. Don't. Don't do that. That was a bad move to raise your hand on that one. We're taking communion at the end. You can come up and you can lay your Snuggie on the altar if you want. That's okay. Well, do you still use it? Do you still? You do. You still use it. Uh, don't, you know, it's okay. We'll talk later. We'll talk later. And then, anybody remember the weighted blanket? What was, huh? Oh, let's just, you know what? Nothing better than having a chain link fence over me at night. Mmm. Oh, so comfortable. But this is, this is the lure of the world. We're, we're, we're looking for the life hack, right? We're looking for that thing that's gonna bring us comfort, that's gonna bring us peace, that's gonna bring the, the, the fulfillment that I want. And, and if it's not a blanket in 2024, if it's not a blanket, I'll tell you what it's gonna be for some of you, it's gonna be a relationship. If I can just get him or get her, then everything's gonna be great in 2024. Because I'm tired of being alone, I'm tired of bad dates, I'm tired of bad relationships. So if, I get, if, I, if I just get that, God, that's all I need. 
Just that one thing, and then everything's going to be great. If I can just get that new job, and then you get the new job, and then you go, well, if I could just get a, a raise, just if I could just a, a little bit more, if I, if I could get the promotion. Once I get, once I get the promotion, right, this is this never-ending trail, right? If I can just get in that zip code, if I can get those, if I can just get those sneakers and keep the creases out of them, what is up with our children today? What are they doing? They're ironing. I heard, you know what I heard? They're ironing their shoes before they go to school. What is happening? What's going on with our young people? Let's intercede and pray for them right now. Ironing our sneakers. Come on, people. Now, listen, these aren't bad things, okay? Well, maybe ironing your shoes is a little extreme. But these aren't bad things, but we all know this. I don't even need to say it. Come on, the shine wears off, right? Sizzle fades, creases come back. I mean, that's just the truth of, I mean, it's just, they're all false gods. No different than the story we're reading here in Kings. They're false gods that make false promises that they can't deliver on. It's like the prophets of Baal. There's no fire. You can dance all you want. You can shout all you want. This is what's crazy is we read these stories and we disassociate ourselves with these stories. Because they're just, and I get it. I mean, because you're like, I don't know. We don't build altars anymore and sacrifice bulls and stuff. I mean, we don't do any of that. We're not up on some mountain. There's not, what, are we going to go to Turkey Mountain? We don't even have a mountain in Oklahoma. We can't even do this. So it's, it's very easy to just go, I don't, I don't get it. But, but what I want you want to see is that we're, we're no different, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dance. I'm going to sing. I'm going to do all of this stuff hoping for some kind of fire, some kind of response, something to happen in me in the new year. And, and the scripture says there is no reply. There's no response. And I believe what God is calling to all of us is he's saying, come over here. Come over here. Like, get, avoid the fault. Get away from all those false promises. Get away from those false gods. Give those things up. Come to me. Consecrate yourself to me. Look at verse 30. In verse 30, it says, they all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that, and say this with me, it had been what? Been torn down. This is devastating because the altar was everything. To the nation of Israel, the altar was everything. It's, just where they, it's where they declared their allegiance to the Lord. And here it just lies in ruins. So Elijah, all on by himself, says, bring me 12 stones. And he's going to rebuild this altar. And he takes these 12 stones, each of them representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And there's these massive pillars that they bring in to build this altar because he wants to build a strong foundation you got to have a strong foundation. If you're going to consecrate yourself to the Lord, listen, any altar you build for the Lord, if it doesn't have a strong foundation, it will crumble, it will end in ruins, and you will end up back over here doing all the things that you didn't want to do. A couple weeks ago for um, Vision Day, we filled out our core covenant cards. Uh, i got to tell you, that is my favorite I think it may be one of my favorite things we do all year. Uh, it was overwhelming. The staff spent, <laughs> I think we 
spent over an hour and a half in prayer, praying over every single card, every card. You turned a card in, we prayed for you. Because we want to see that for you. We want to see the fresh fire of God burn in you in 2024. Because on that core covenant card, if you weren't here, we have our eight core practices, and we believe that the eight core practices are foundational. They help build a strong foundation for our faith. I would call them almost the eight core sacred practices of the church. These practices that we have... uh, given to us by Jesus himself. Jesus practiced these. The early disciples practiced these things. We see it practiced throughout Scripture, and throughout the last 2,000 years, the church has practiced these eight practices. And you, you see these practices. So many of you have been coming. You know these practices. You're familiar with these practices. But as you look at these practices on the screen, my, my question to you is this, is that where has the altar fallen into disrepair? Where has your allegiance shifted? What, what I mean is, like, when you think of just like the, like the core practice of daily devotions. Because I think what happens is in a moment like this, the first question I ask you this morning is, when it comes to your relationship with God, where does your allegiance lie? And I would bet most of us here would say, well, it lies with God. I mean, of course it does. I'm in the house of God. It lies with God. And I I hope that's the intent of your heart. But then sometimes I think, here's the thing that I, here's the thing. Elijah is a prophet and today is a prophetic voice. Today is a prophetic word for you. So you really came on the wrong Sunday. Turn to somebody and just tell them, we came on the wrong week. We just came on the wrong week. Because the prophet, when, they, when the prophet of God would come, is just the prophet's like, I've had, this is what we need to be doing. And what I want you to see is I want to tear back the curtain. I want, I want to pull back the veil. And I want all of us to take a good hard look at our soul today and say, where am I at? Am I, is my allegiance really with God? So like, think of this simple thing like daily devotions. My allegiance is with God. Okay, how is your daily time with the Lord? When you get up in the morning, is your first thing you do pick up your phone? Do you pick up your phone? Because when you pick up your phone and you don't pick up the word of God, I can tell you where your allegiance lies. Your allegiance is over here in the world. You're more interested in what the world has to say to you than what God has to say to you. Now, I know that's a hard word, but that's the truth. Where is your allegiance? Man, but I, I got, you get your phone, and, and God's saying, no, put your phone down. Come over here. I want to speak to you. I want you to sit in my presence. I have things I want to tell you about the new year. When it comes to the core practice of Sunday worship, where, where are you at on that? What is your, what is your calendar? Well, I mean, I mean, just look at your calendar. Where are you at on Sundays? If you're not here and you're somewhere else out in the world, your allegiance is with the world. Now, it's just with the world, but you're saying, you know what? What I'm doing here on this Sunday morning is way more important than being in the house of God every week. Nothing should trump that. Nothing should be, if your allegiance is with God, you're almost like once a week. That's all? Once a week? The early church would laugh at us for once a week because they did more than once a week. But we do once a week. 
But we can sit over here in the world and say, well, I've got all these things and I've got all these things I'm committed to and these things that are, need my attention and these things I've got to do and stuff and, and I'm going to go next week. And what God is saying to you is, come over here. I want you with my people. I want you in my house. I want to speak to you. When it comes to continual surrender, giving things up. I mean, think about the places that you're going, the, the people that you're hanging out with programs that you're watching. That one hits me. I was watching a movie the other day, and oh my gosh, if I told you the movie, you'd know it instantly. And I had not really ever seen it, and I was like, man, I didn't want to see this movie. And it starts in, and it starts dropping the F-bomb. And I'm like, ah, you know, it just kind of hits me weird. I don't know how you feel about that, but when I hear that, I'm like, I hear it on the basketball court, but if I hear it, and it's just, I just, and I thought, well, maybe they'll let up. They didn't let up. And then, and then I, I had IMDb'd it, and, and it said it had no uh, inappropriate stuff in the movie, but then all of a sudden, it was like very inappropriate. And I was like, oh, hey, oh, what is that? And I'm like, oh, fast forward. And I was like, well, that was weird, because it said it didn't have anything in it. And then it happened again, and God said, what are you doing? And I shut it off. Why? Because I'm not going to be here. My allegiance is not to a stupid movie. I mean, really, my allegiance is not to Hollywood. They don't care about me. They don't care about my soul. They want my money. But God says, I want your heart, your soul, and your mind, and I want to protect it, Brad. So where's your allegiance when it comes to sharing Christ? Man, you heard the story of the Spears family. Man, think about that. Wow, when it comes to sharing Christ, you're like, well, I'm just shy. I'm introverted. I wouldn't know what to say. Are you someone who just goes in, pulls into your driveway, and the garage goes down? You don't even know your neighbor's name? You go to work, and you ignore your, co- ignore your coworkers. You're on the ball field. You sit next to parents. You don't know whether they go to church or they don't go to church. God says, man, come over here. Share, share what I've given to you. Share what I've given to you, but I can tell you this, that when you're not sharing Christ, you can't share something you don't have. Because when you're over here and you have full allegiance and devotion to God and you're consecrated to him and the fire is burning in you, that when you step over into the world, you're like, the fire's gonna get on other people. That's just part of it. I mean, let's talk about persistent prayer. When it comes to persistent prayer, is you, are you looking more towards a, a podcast? When, when, you, when you think about the 2024 day of prayer, you're like, man, I, but do you, do you go to, po- I love podcasts. I love learning from podcasts. I grow from podcasts. I enjoy them. But is that your first go-to? I need some advice. I need some wisdom. I need some tips on some things for the new year. Do you go to a podcast or do you go to your prayer closet? Do you go to God in prayer? When you think about the 2024 day of prayer, are you like, 24 days of not eating? Oh, 24 hours of not eating? Are you kidding me? Oh, that's, it's just one day. It's not that radical. The, the early Christians fasted two days out of the week. John Wesley said, no minister that works under me can be a minister of the gospel if they're not, if they're not fasting at least once a week. I mean, it's just been a practice of the church forever, but are you saying, you know what, I enjoy my food. <laughs> I, I don't know, I just can't skip a meal. And you're gonna be over here? When God is saying, come over here, because I wanna speak to you. 
And I'm telling you, if you want God to speak to you, he speaks no louder than in prayer and fasting. I mean, he, it, it, it's, it's on my favorite. Let me say this about prayer and fasting. I loathe it, okay? I loathe it. Um, I'm going to be doing some fasting this week because I'm going on a prayer retreat, and all I'm thinking about is I'm not going to be eating for like a week. For like a week, I'm not going to be eating. Oh, this is going to be, oh, you can do this, Brad. You can do this. You can. I've been fasting for decades, and every time I come up to fasting, I'm like, oh, man, I love food. And then I get to the end of my fast, and I, and I start going through this uh, lamenting because I've been so immersed in the presence of God that I don't want to leave it. And I know the fast is about to end, and I know i got to come down out of that moment, come back into the world, and there's a grieving that takes place because when you, if you want to hear from God, I'm telling you, that's where it's going to happen. On and on, godly friendships. I, can get, I just keep going through all of these practices, godly friendships. Why? Are, if you're like, man, you know what? I, rather than going to my group, I'm tired. I just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to veg out. I'm going to hit my streaming apps. I'm going to get caught up on my favorite show. We'll go next week. Are, are, are you really going to be able God is saying, come over here. Be in fellowship with God's people. You are missed in that circle with people. Somebody needs you. Somebody needs your voice. Somebody needs your prayers. Somebody needs your encouragement. You need them just as bad as they need you. We've got to lock arms as the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ, never meant to be alone. Generous giving, so often we're like, man, you know, when I get money, then I'm going to give it. No, you won't. No, you won't, because I can tell you the more money you get, the harder it is to give because there's more zeros that end up behind it. But when you say, man, I don't have it to give, I'm just telling you, listen, that, eliminate that excuse. Man, think about it, but what, what is the streaming app you could cancel? How many times could you stop going to Quick Trip? What restaurant could you stop going to? All of the things that we could take and say, I'm not going to, oh, but that requires sacrifice. And God's saying, come over here. Come over here. Man, give to me. Trust me. Serving, sacrificial serving, coming into the house of God. Man, I hope we don't just come into the house of God and, and just take up a seat and let other people serve us. Oh, hey, if you're a guest, we want to serve you. But can I tell you this? Once you become a part of this family... We serve one another. Come on, turn to somebody tell them, it is time that we serve one another. It is time that we serve one another. Man, but when, you're, when you come in, you're like, man, I'm coming in a few minutes late, kind of take up a seat, kind of hear the songs, I'm going to get my hot cup of coffee and get my right seat and hear the songs and the prayer and get all encouraged and, the, and then I'm going to leave. And, but you don't serve? God says, come over here. I need you in the body of Christ. I need you serving. I need you, I need you helping if we want fresh fire, we've got to be consecrated for fire. Verse 33 says this, he piled wood on the altar and he cut the bull into pieces and he laid the pieces on, on the wood. It's interesting, we know the fire, that it fell for Elijah, but it didn't fall for the prophets of Baal. There was no reply, there was no response. They, why is that? They were false prophets, they were false gods, they were just stacking wood. I don't want to just stack wood. I don't want to just stack wood. If you can't get a fire going, what do you do? Grab lighter fluid, right? <laughs> yeah. 
That's the Oklahoma way. That's how we do it around here. And then the fire goes whoosh. And just as quickly as it goes up, what? It goes out. I don't want to stack wood, and I do not want to manufacture fire. I want the fire of God. And I want the fire of God to fall on our church and on our people, and I want the fire of God on me. Mount Carmel, the word Carmel actually means garden. That's very significant because this is not the very first sacrifice in a garden. The very first sacrifice was in Genesis. Adam and Eve, their allegiance had drifted to the world. They'd listened to the false promises and the false voice. And God said, what are you doing? Come back over here. And we know that God, in his mercy, made a sacrifice so that Adam and Eve could come back into relationship with him. Elijah, here on Mount Carmel, the garden, they call it the garden of God. He's there. The people's allegiance has shifted. He makes a sacrifice. The people come back to God and consecrate themselves. We know that Jesus, Jesus died on a cross, and he was buried in a garden tomb. And he was raised to life from that garden tomb. His sacrifice made a way for us to come back in, to come back to him. The only way we move out of our allegiance to the world is through Jesus. He is the pathway through his blood and his sacrifice. He makes a way for us to come back into relationship with God. And what I want for you today is this, to plead the blood of Jesus over your soul that he would consecrate you fully, that you could experience the fresh fire of God. Let's pray together. Father, in this moment, we're asking you to consecrate us, to help us, to speak to us. What is it you need right now in your life? How is God speaking to you? Do you need hope? This is your moment right now to say, God, I need hope. I realize I'm putting my hope in the wrong things. Ask him right now to renew your hope. God, say, I'm I'm putting my hope in you. I'm stepping out of the world and I'm stepping into relationship with you. Do you need healing today? One of the things we practice as a church is confession and repentance. This is a moment for you to do that, is to confess your sins to God, to repent, to turn from your sin. Maybe today you've recognized some areas in your life where you're like, man, I I have been blinded and my allegiance is in the wrong place. And God, I I want my allegiance with you. I need you to forgive me, God. I need your grace and I need your mercy. Or maybe, maybe you're not a follower of Jesus and today you say, Brad, I, I, I wanna be a follower of Jesus. It's the blood of Jesus that makes that possible. His grace and his mercy. I'm not gonna point you out. I won't make you come up here. I just wanna know if there's anybody here that, that needs that today so I can pray for you. Would you slip up your hand today if you say, man, I need forgiveness. I need grace, I need mercy. Thank you, see you on the front row. Over on the sides, I see you back in the middle section. Second row, got you. Anybody else today? All the way in the back, I got you, buddy. Uh, Near the back over here on the side, in the front. Thank you guys so much. 
Anybody else today, man, I thank you. I got you in the back. I need God's grace and mercy here in the front. Got you on the side. Yep, see you here. Thank you. Anybody else? And I, I need, thank you. Maybe you need peace today. Ask for God's peace. Maybe chasing the world, you realize, man, what a mess. <laughs> Why am I trying to solve all my problems that way? God, help me. God, bring your peace upon your people. You are such a God of peace. Do you need purpose in 2024? Thinking about the year ahead and all the plans that you have. Maybe maybe today uh, God kind of jacked your plans up. You have some things that you went, wow, I've been so focused on these things, and now God's really challenging that in me. I think maybe I need to renew my purpose. I need God to speak his purposes and plans into my life. Just ask him to help you with that because he wants to. He wants to do that. Thank you, Father. Thank you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We hope this message today has encouraged and inspired you. If you don't have a church home, we'd love for you to join us Sundays at 10 a.m. And if we can support you or encourage you or help you in any way, please use any of the links that are in the description. Thanks again for joining us online. We pray you have a great week.